0: It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard,
1: Dennis Stuckey, Brady Beaton, and a special guest today. Well, it's the summer, so we have a special guest every show, but Mr. Gallagher is here, and uh, we always enjoy this
2: because he tells us things about the thumb that we don't know, right. and, and there's are, a lot of things we don't know. And we are long overdue to have him on. I don't think we had him on at the end, since, what, like the winter or late football season, early yeah, winter?
3: last time I saw you guys, it was when you guys did the Aldemont interview, actually. Wow, yeah. I was just so that was, on that one. So. Yeah,
2: that was, what, December, mm-hmm. so it's been too long since Mm -hmm. we've had Mike Gallagher on, and well, I know you had a lot going on, especially at the end of the season in track and field, Mm -hmm. Um, Brown City had just an improbable run out of nowhere, (laughs) and... Well, there's been some news, and I will make Dennis talk about the new Big Thumb Conference. No, you won't. Because you're in the middle of that. But, uh, yeah, let's not waste any time. I guess we'll start with what happened in the spring in San County because we don't get up there as much.
1: Yeah, in the the springtime, we didn't cover a lot of baseball or softball up there, so we Mm want to give it a little bit of due because there were a few teams that had very good years this year. So we'll talk to Mike Gallagher next. Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com.
2: Brady being here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team if they don't have what you like they'll custom make something just for you that's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years with locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer Chesterfield and Hall Road, they are the best one stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns and Foster, Sealy, iComfort and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds to 5 star reviews they also offer interest free financing and no credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit once you get your mattress they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up when you think sleep think mattress king
0: If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports.
1: All right, we're back, Uh, Dennis, uh, with uh, Brady and uh, Mr. Gallagher. Uh, Where do you guys want to start here?
2: I think we should start with Brown City because that was kind of the last story uh, we were talking about, a team that won what? Five Brown City Baseball won five games in the regular season, and then played for a regional title.
3: Mm-hmm. They had, uh, going into the playoffs, they uh, beat Imlay City on the final regular season game of the year. That mm-hmm. broke an 18-game losing streak. And uh, I guess that just kind of turned it around. I, I don't know. It, it was, I, I had seen Brown City a few times during the regular season. And, you know, they were, they seemed like an okay team. Um, they had lost so much from last year, right? They lost so much. And, you know, this year they had, um, a lot of new faces, uh, a lot of the seniors that were successful on the basketball team and the football team. Uh, they wanted to come out and join the baseball team. Uh, so you end up having Gaden Muxlow playing first base. You got Clint Ford out there. Um, fast. Yeah, but it was. The, the the weirdest thing, like, when I saw Brown City during the regular season, it was like, okay, they have a couple of good bats, but their lineup is just, like, it's not a complete lineup. Like, it gets kind of scarce at the bottom. And in the district, it was the complete opposite. It was everybody. I mean, everybody was hitting the ball. They scored 17 runs against Genesee, uh, Christian, and... Um, same thing against Marlette. It was just the next guy up. And, well, uh, and in the district, they lost, They beat the two teams that they had been blown out by right. in the regular season. Right, yeah. Yeah, and actually against Marlette, um, uh, uh, I guess it's not exactly the same because uh, Aaron Bauer pitched against him during the regular season and he had – it was a five-inning uh, perfect game. He struck out 14 of the 15 batters for wow. Brown City. And it's like to go from that to – you know, just killing Marla in the finals. It, it was, was like seventeen a, it, to four. Or it something. was a complete flip of the switch, and um, you well, know, and- talking to Coach Greg Welke, like during the run, it was like, you know, this is what we thought we could do. You know, it's unfortunate that it took us so long to do it, but like they they weren't buying into the underdog mentality. They weren't, you know, just happy to be there. It was no, this is this is what we are capable of doing this is the type of team we are and then they just finally put it all together
2: let's back it up a step further because in the first game they were playing who was
3: probably the favorite in that district yes in Peck. yep and you you kind of hate to see it because you see it every year in the districts uh when a team saves their ace for the final Mm -hmm. and you don't make it to the final uh so peck uh they, you know, Peck's, Peck's uh, staff was, you know, top to bottom, great this year. Uh, Peck had one of the best seasons they've had probably since the '90s, and um, it was the team was built around pitching and defense. So the kid that they threw in the opener, he, you know, he was a good pitcher, uh, only a sophomore though, and um, they got on him early. I think Brown City scored two or three, maybe four in the first inning. And, uh, you know, it's hard, you know, to then put your ace in after that. And then Brown City's got the momentum. And um, great season from Peck, though. Uh, They had a first-year head coach in James Welsh. Uh, They swept Kingston. They got a share of the Stars title and, um, you know, swept Brown City. And, yeah, going into that district, they were the favorite. So um, I'm interested to see how – he continues to build the program there but you know the other thing that stuck out for Brown City was the pitching you know they didn't necessarily have an ace this year it was kind of a 1a 1b type of situation and um they were both just they were just on in the the districts in both games um you know not a ton of strikeouts but um you know a lot of uh, pitching to contact and you know getting out of jams and stuff but Uh, Yeah, really just a surprise, Um, probably the biggest surprise of the year, Um, because um, for myself, you know, I was covering that district regardless, because it was Brown City, Marlette, k Pack, Peck, and, uh, you know, no disrespect to k Pack, but I felt pretty good about somebody winning that district, and for me, like, I don't care who wins it, I just want it to be one of my team's. Um, but it was a very pleasant surprise to see it uh, be Brown City. So,
1: and had an old coach said, "It's not who you play; it's when you play them." Mm-hmm. And obviously, they caught fire. And I mean, easier to pitch when all of a sudden you're pitching with leads all the time because mm-hmm. your team is hitting. I mean, yep, you know, that, that's got to be. You probably pitched all season coming out in the first inning, behind in the game already, mm-hmm. uh, and and now you 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 get to come out with a three- or four-run lead against, you know, a team everybody's saying is going to beat you. Yeah. It probably changes your mentality, and then once you get confidence, you know it, Brady. Oh, yeah. You you see it. We we see players all the time where first time around we go, and then the next time around – you know, they've made some contact, they've thrown some strikes, and all of a sudden they feel like they're on top of the world. And yeah. obviously Brown City got on one of
3: those runs. And that that was one of the other things Welke kind of talked about. It was, uh, you know, not only confidence in themselves, but also confidence in their teammates. So when they would get up to the plate, they knew that they could be aggressive and, you know, kind of uh, go up there and, you know, free swinging because – Okay, if I don't get a hit, I know the guy behind me is going to get a hit, and uh, you know when they take that aggressive approach, you know you start start hitting the ball. So, how about
2: softball? Let's talk about that because. In the thumb, it's kind of tough in the postseason because Mm -hmm. if you're D4, you're running into USA, Mm -hmm. who has won every D4 state title since 2019. Yes. So the deep runs are tough, but talk about some of the highlights from the regular season up in San County.
3: Yeah. So, you know, um, not a a ton of postseason success, unfortunately, uh, because as you mentioned, uh, USA waiting for you in the regionals. Yeah. but, yeah, great, great seasons. Uh, Sandusky uh, won the Greater Thumb East again um, this year. Danny Frangel returned as a softball coach. He had been the softball coach previously uh, before I was at the paper. But um, they, they were uh, a good uh, – a solid team. And, um, really, the, 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 the race for the Greater Thumb East was so interesting this year because it was uh, Sandusky, Brown City, Marlette – And really, any of them could have won it. Um, Brown City split with Sandusky. Uh, I'm pretty sure Marlette split with Sandusky. Um, But Marlette kind of got off to a slower start to the season. They didn't have a senior on the team this year. Mm -hmm. Um, They had three juniors, and the rest were just all, you know, underclassmen. And um, that was the team that showed the most improvement. I think they started maybe 0-8, and they finished right at 500. Um, and that was thanks to, uh, Delaney Gage, uh, their starting pitcher, junior. Uh, she finished the year with 366 strikeouts. Jeez, that's a lot. Uh, yeah. So, uh, when you have uh, a pitcher like that, um, you can kind of bring along the younger players. Um, that, that was a good team by the end of the season. And they, they were all hitting the ball. Um, and, uh, so that, that, that's the team, you know, you're going to have to watch out for next year. Uh, same thing with Sandusky. You know, they lose some talented seniors, but um, a couple weeks into the season, they were kind of struggling with some injuries. So uh, they brought up a couple underclassmen, Emma Minard, uh, Ruby Trepkowski, uh, both sophomores. And uh, by the end of the season, Ruby Trepkowski was first-team all-conference. Um, so Sandusky's not going away. And then uh, Brown City, you know, they were the one that had the deepest run this year in the postseason. Um, Again, another very young team. I think they had five, four or five freshman starters, Um, you know, freshman center fielder, freshman catcher, freshman pitcher, and uh, their their freshman pitcher uh, kind of got overshadowed a little bit by Gage, but her numbers were just incredible as well. Um, she was a transfer from North branch. Um, and, uh, you know, that again, just like Brown city baseball, Brown city softball, you know, they were, they were a good team throughout the year and they just put it together, um, for that district. Um, it seemed like during the regular season errors were kind of something that plagued them. Um, during the district, um, they had one error through two games. Um, and, uh, that's a, uh, that's that's another young team that is going to take another huge step next year. Um, the only thing, you know, I was telling you guys off air before we started. The the thing that's unfortunate is that district every year is Kingston, Brown City, Marlette, Pack, and Pack is another great team. You know, another very young team. Uh, last year they were in the NCTL Stripes and uh, they were the Stripes champions. Um, unfortunately, that. It, it, it's it's nice to win uh you know a league title but um the competition in the stripes compared to the stars yeah. is just not comparable um so peck you know they were in the stars this year they were in the hunt for the title and um you know that i think that really helped them playing good competition every week and uh same thing with Brown City softball at the end of the year. Uh, they really they picked up some big games in the last two weeks. Uh, they picked up games with Lakeville, uh, Armada, um, Cass City, and uh, they didn't necessarily do very well in those games, um, but it helped get them ready for that district, you know, the type of competition it was going to be um, because they had to be pretty good to beat delaney gauge and they did well
2: you see how hard it is to build up a program especially with the small d4 schools i mean Mm -hmm. you're a lot of the times you're just picking out athletes that you hope can fill roles not necessarily baseball and softball players any on football basketball sports like that you can kind of get away with it you can hide them and players can use athleticism to at least blend in baseball and softball if you're just trying to get a basketball or a football or a track star to to go out on the the baseball or softball field, that's tough to do. So to have year-over-year year success can be kind of tough. I mean, look at Brown City Baseball as an example. They were a really good team last year, and if it wasn't for Algonac, may have made a little run of their own. Mm-hmm. Now, like you said, they were trying to fill in the cracks with other athletes.
3: Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's the tough thing about, you know, these smaller schools in D4. And uh, you can really tell the programs where the coaches are putting in time over the summer. Um, That was something that uh, when we sat down with Al and talked to him, that was, you know, that that was the key to the success. You know, starting these summer programs, starting the AAU programs. And, uh, you know, the coaches that put in the time over the summer, uh, those are the ones that, you know, they reap the benefits when spring comes around. Uh, Brown City coach Scott Parr, he's coaching a travel league team uh, this summer uh, with a lot of his Brown City girls, some pet girls, uh, Kingston girls. Um, So yeah, if you're willing to put in the time, um, then yeah, you can have that continued success. Um, But again, it is it is pretty hard on a year to year basis at these smaller schools. Well,
1: i mean, too, you, you you've got a, a a girl, she plays volleyball, she plays basketball, she plays softball, and they've all got programs mm-hmm. all summer long. It's like you got to pick one or you got to, you right. know, you got to split your time with them. So that makes it even all the more spectacular when you get these programs that are good all
3: the way through. Mhm. And uh yeah, and just to go on, like, a little bit of a tangent off of that, um, so this year for—and uh, it actually happens every year, but um, you, you get the uh, track state finals on Saturday, hmm. and you also have districts right. on a Saturday. And I really feel like that, um, that hurts the smaller schools a lot more because, you know, you have these— dual-sport athletes that now have to make that decision. And uh, we actually saw that with the Peck softball team this year. They had uh, two girls qualify for the long jump, Riley Re- Riley Uriel and Lauren Eager. Um, but those are two of your best softball players, so what do you do? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I guess that's just a little. No, well, that I, I mean, I had, we had that yeah. situation
1: in Elmont. Devin Johnston right. yep. qualifies yep. in track every year, and yep. they miss her bat when they get to the postseason. Mm-hmm.
2: But since you brought up track, I know we don't talk about it hardly at all, but Santa County was well represented at the the track and field state finals. Let's take just a couple minutes to to give them their flowers because they really showed up and showed out for you.
3: Yeah, and um, so I usually don't attend the state finals, um, but this year it was like I got to go because, you know, you look at the the rankings and everything and, you know, going into it – there was a good chance that Affer was going to win, uh, right. in the long jump, uh, Olivia Finley was seated first in the long jump and the high jump. Um, Lily Parker from Marlette was seated first in the shot put. Um, and, uh, so it was just one of those situations where it's like, even if I get one, you know, yeah. it's I, I, a state champion. Um, and usually I, you know, I stick around, uh, around home and cover the districts and stuff like that. But, um, yeah just a a fantastic day uh i got down there um not right at the beginning um but i got there after they had done uh prelims for a lot of the field events and uh alex affer just the greatest the greatest kid uh couldn't have happened to a better kid um i showed up to the long jump pit and he came up and he was talking to me and he's like uh he was just so excited I was there. He couldn't believe that I came over to, this, you know, to the state finals and he was thanking me and everything. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. you know, yeah, I'm just doing my job or whatever. And <laughs> I was like, so how how'd prelims go? And he said, oh, I, I broke the state record. And I was like, whoa, whoa, I didn't <laughs> whoa why yeah. didn't You're you like, lead Why didn't that? you start? Yeah, you man. are start with burying that. the lead right. there. But that's just kind of the kid that he is, you know. And uh, you know it was kind of funny because you know all season he's been worried about this uh, kid from um, Detroit, Frederick Douglass, Anthony mm-hmm. Buford, um, because Buford had jumped twenty three feet during the regular season, and um, you know even after he broke the state record, he's like, oh, I don't know, like I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, this Buford kid, I know he can, I know he can jump that far. You know, he's just like he was still not quite sure of himself so then the first jump of the finals Buford jumps 19 something and after breaks the state record again he goes 23-4 and it's like okay i I think yeah i I think you got it buddy like I i think you're good um so yeah that was great um finley it was a tough situation for her because the the high jump and the long jump are going on at the same time and then she also qualified in the 100 meter hurdles and the prelims for that were also going on at the same time so she's running around going to all these different events and um so even though she was seated first in both event you know maybe if she had the time to you know just yeah. focus on it focus on it focus on it um but uh, that, that, that was fantastic for her because she's been – this is her third year going down to the state finals, and she's come close, um, you know, every time she's been down there. Um, so it was great to see her um, uh, get on the top of the podium. And then uh, Moeller from Deckerville in the pole vault, um, that was – she was another one that was seated first, um, and it was kind of interesting because uh, she won it – at ten, She won it at 10 feet, I think. Or no, 10-3, and then they just let her keep going, and she ended up getting 10-6, uh, broke her own school record. and uh, She's only a sophomore, so she'll be back down there. Um, the big surprise was uh, Kyle Affer of Brown City. Um, he came in. He was seated seventh in the shot put, and I I hate to admit this, but I, he wasn't even – really on my radar for uh, state champion right um so i was i was hanging out like towards the finish line um at the at the track and uh alex and kyle you know come up to me and alex is like hey this guy just won a state title and i thought he, i thought he was messing with right league, like, <laughs> like, oh awesome man yeah congrats um and then, uh, so the picture, I don't know if you guys saw the picture with the, yeah, four I just, I just chip. pulled it up right okay. there. So kind of a funny story with that one. Um, the track, the track and field state finals is just, it's a huge meet and you know, everything it's all over the place. Right. Well, and, that's just the track meet in general. Right. Right. And, uh, then you, you amplify it to the state final level. Um, but there so I was hanging out at the finish line and uh, at that point, we knew that those four were state champions, but they mm-hmm. hadn't been up on the podium yet, right and um, i got I got lucky because I noticed they were all in the vicinity kind of and um, the the people that were in charge of uh, handing out the medals and handing out the state champion signs, uh one of them was Linda Wright. She is the assistant track coach at Deckerville. Um, so I asked her if I could borrow those signs <laughs> for a couple minutes. And uh, it, it it was weird because we took the picture and then I had to take the signs back and g- give them back. Um, but I, I really like that picture just because you know it's four different schools from Sanilac County and uh, you know there was a unique story with each of them and uh, it was it was really a great great day great day for Sanilac County.
1: I love the boots that uh, Alex is wearing. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> yeah, was, that he, was kind of a he's in yeah. like Garth Brook cowboy. Boots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well,
3: and. I, I don't know what it is with him because it's the cowboy boots and then last year when he won the the state title he won back to back in the long jump um, he was kind of he was kind of struggling through the year and he switched his shoes to the shoes that he wore in like junior high or something they were these ratty shoes and
2: it just it worked for it em? worked
3: yeah I don't know so uh, but yeah he's a great kid um, he uh, last season. Um, he broke the school record at the NCTL meet, and um, now that his career is over, I guess I can admit this. When he when he first broke the record, I thought they measured it wrong because it was so much further than he had ever jumped. Right, and I was like, eh, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. But from that point on, you know, at the regional, he broke the record at the meet of champs he broke the record at the state finals he broke the record and uh it was the same thing this year he kind of had a slower start to the season um and then he just turned it up uh once it got to the postseason meets um over the past two seasons he won nctl regional meet of champs blue water meet of champs uh state tight like he won every single postseason event so um Really, one of the, you know, one of the more storied uh, uh, track careers at Peck. Uh, he's the only two-time state champion for track, um, so he'll he'll have his jersey retired. Um, and uh, it, it was it was kind of cool because uh, the numbers haven't been great with the Peck track team, right? And um, it was interesting to see from last year where he was the only long jumper on the team to this year where you have three athletes qualify for the state title in the long jump. Right. And I'm hoping that that kind of continues to uh, stir up interest uh, with the PEC program. All right. Well, that's awesome. All right. We're going to take a uh, break here, but we've got plenty
1: more to uh, talk with uh, Mike Gallagher about what went on in the thumb and, and what we think might be going on in the, uh, the thumb in the uh, future because football season is just around the corner, and you know how we hate talking about football around here. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's locations in Auburn Hills, Badax, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Do you have
5: the right financial advisor to help you reach your goals? Ameriprise Advisors can create a personalized, goal-based plan to help you prepare for whatever life brings, so you can feel more confident about your financial future. Call Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. That's 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC. Member FINRA and SIPC.
6: DB Smokehouse has the best barbecue in the blue. Brisket, pork, and sausage, you're guaranteed to not be disappointed. Located in the parking lot of Pete's Camping Service on LaPierre, it's DB Smokehouse. Open Thursday through Saturday from 11 until the barbecue's gone and DB's does catering. Whether you're feeding 10 or 200, call DB Smokehouse. Get what you need at 810-689-0448 and like them on Facebook to see if they're open on Sunday. It's DB Smokehouse.
2: Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of 5 star reviews they also offer interest-free financing and no credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit once you get your mattress they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up when you think sleep think mattress king
5: preferred seamless gutters in emily city has been family owned and operated since 1997 in-house employees when you call preferred you get preferred at Preferred, they manufacture all components, making them the warehouse. This ensures prompt installation from Preferred's well-trained and courteous staff, serving St. Clair, Sanilac, Genesee, and northern Macomb counties. Give Melissa a call, and she'll be happy to schedule a quote. No high-pressure sales, just great service from Preferred seamless gutters in Himlay City. Call 800-964-6613 today. Are you getting
4: out of a lease or ready to trade in your vehicle? Stop by Jepson Car Company, and we'll be here to assist you.
3: Port Huron Schools have prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future.
5: Please
6: go
3: to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools.
0: If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome
1: back. Dennis Brady and Mike Gallagher on the uh, program uh, today. We're talking thumb sports and uh, some good stories. Uh, Some of the stuff off the air is even better
2: than some of the stuff on the air. It's it's always that way. I think we would be remiss if we didn't uh, go back at least a little bit to the winner for a moment because I think the most dynamic athlete this year, Caleb Lettner, it followed up his fall about as well as he could have mm-hmm. in the winter, and he made Thumb Legion a respectable program—not mm-hmm. not just him, but the numbers he put up were kind of eye popping. And I believe they, he set some records.
3: Yeah, yeah, and um, you know we talk about Alex Affer winning the state title for the long jump. Uh, we do this thing over the summer. Uh, you know when it's kind of lean on you know sports and stuff. Uh, last year we started uh, senior athlete of the year for each school, male and female. Oh, and uh, you think, oh, Alex Affer state champion, he's a shoe in. But well. when you look at Caleb Lettner's so resume, Peck, wait, so
2: Peck set two state records this year: the long jump and then the eight-man rushing record.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that's, that's pretty that's good. A, yeah. But, yeah, and, uh, you know, he did the same thing in baseball. Uh, He he broke the school's uh, stolen bases record. He had 51 stolen well, bases. Stolen, it a year. Was
2: school records at this point are just nothing. Yes, like, that's, that's, that's Yeah, that's, who cares? No, yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, you
2: need bigger and better ambitions,
3: right? Right, but yeah, that was you know, it was awesome. Uh, seeing the Legion take that next step, they finally got that first playoff win, right? Uh, which was a great game. Uh, it was against their rival, Tawas. Um, and yeah, that, that was great. And you know, it was, yeah, you know, Letner got them there, um, but there was a lot of other key pieces on that team this year. And, uh, the kid who hit the game winner, uh, in, in the playoff game was actually a freshman from cross Lex, Matthew Cummings. Um, so it isn't going to be a thing where, Oh, Caleb Lettner's gone. Now we're just going to drop down and, you know, we're right. going to tank and we're going to be right where we started. Like, I think, um, he helped, uh, make this program legitimate. And, um, you know, there there was baby steps the first couple of years before he got there. Right. Um, because it was, you know, obviously the schedule they play, it's it's brutal. Uh, you a know, lot of travel. A lot of travel. Uh, a lot of bigger schools. Um, but it, it it this year and last year, um, you know, you'd see them go into these games against the bigger schools, and it's like, you know, they're not overmatched or anything. It's not right. like a thing where – Oh, we're gonna lose eight nothing. Um, you know, maybe sneak a goal in somewhere. Right like how it six was. Six nothing. Right. because yeah. that's how it kind of was at the beginning um when the Legion was first started. But yeah, he broke uh the Legion's all I he broke all of the Legion scoring so records.
2: In his senior year. <laughs> Caleb Lettner. State record, eight man rushing. Mm -hmm. was what like 2,200 yards or something Mm -hmm. sets the at least the scoring record goals Mm -hmm. wise probably points as well in winter and then in spring sets the school record for stolen bases in a season Mm -hmm. that's a pretty good senior year yeah that's um yeah that's a I think you're sitting at your grad party going you know what I did all right this past 10 months yeah and
3: uh I'm, I'm really excited that he got invited to the Blue Water uh, All-Star game because um, in that district final um, – well, n- sorry, not the district final, the district semi-final when they played Brown City, um, I don't think he was the last batter. He was one of the last batters, and, you know, the game was pretty much over. And uh, right. And it was weird because I kind of had, like, that realization. It's like, this is going to be the last time I see Caleb Lettner right. play sports. And it's like, that's – Kind of something that maybe I took for granted over the past couple years. Right. Because it's like, oh, Caleb Lettner, he rushed for 300 yards and six touchdowns again. Like, it's like, but we're probably not going to see that at Peck for a while. Right. Uh, So I'm looking forward to seeing how he does in the all star game. Especially the multi
2: sport dominance.
1: Right. Right. And just, I wanted to give these numbers because he played 23 games, 45 goals. Okay. So. To a game. Right. Mm-hmm. 17 assists, 62 points. He had seven shorthanded goals this year. Right, so he was scoring right. a, a shorthanded goal every third game. Right. Um, and the other uh, player for them that I really wanted to give kudos to was uh, Lauren Eager. Yeah. The another, goaltender. Another pet kid. Right.
3: Yep. Yeah. And she was – she is going to be uh, – She's going to be something special. Um, She's just a sophomore this year, I believe. Um, You know, she split time last year. She split time this year. Um, I don't know exactly what they have coming up at the goalie position. Uh, I know Seth Hiles was a senior this year. Um, But she was one, you know, when she was a freshman, yeah, there were times where she looked overmatched. Um, But this year – I didn't I I don't think I ever saw that. She was the one that was in net when they beat Tawas uh for the playoff game and uh you know she's been doing a lot of work in the off season going to camps and stuff. Um so yeah, I mean if you got a good goalie, you know, you're going to be you'll be all right. You'll, you know, you'll figure out the scoring. You know, yeah. it's going to be hard to replace. I uh, just they
1: won 14 games this past season and she won 11 of them. Yeah. There you go. There you go.
3: Yep.
2: And for a program that's I mean it let's be honest, the thumb is not a hockey rich community. No. Like that is not where you think of and you think a hockey hotbed. Right. And they're pulling from how I know it changes every year how many different it schools does. they yeah. pull from. Yeah. But basically anywhere from six to like ten different schools. Yeah. And to do what they've done and try to build it up and become a respectable program is no small feat.
3: No, not at all, um, especially because after that first season, you know, it I wouldn't have blamed them for being a little discouraged. Right. You know, like, oh, you know, we put together this team and we're hoping to be successful, and, you know, we win two games and we get mercied in a bunch of them. Right. And it's like, um, you know, you would think that that would kind of uh, – dissuade interest in the program um but they they stuck it out and um you know well well the thumb isn't necessarily a hockey hotbed um sandusky is uh there's a lot of uh, hockey tradition there um and uh i'm hoping it'll be enough to keep this program going because they're one of my favorite teams to cover to be honest and uh i think i've talked about it on the show before but like I was there at the school board meetings when they were, you know, Larry camp was coming to these school board meetings and pitching the ideas to school boards and stuff. And, um, you know, it kind of seemed like a long shot at that point. And just to see where the program is at now, um, Bob Beagle has done a fantastic job the last couple seasons as, as, the as the head coach. And, um, it's, uh, it's cool. I, I think it's unique and it's, uh, it's, it's cool to see kids from other schools play together, and uh, I guess we'll see if they can keep it going. Yeah, well, it, it's been fun because it's
1: worked out for us. Haven't been up to Sandusky to do a game. I'm, I'm just I'm not sure about the arena and getting a signal mm-hmm. out. Right. But um, they come to McMoran a couple times yep. a year to play Marysville, to play Port Huron um, High, and we've also seen been lucky because for a couple of seasons there they fell into – the same playoff grouping, yes, yeah and and actually have played good games mm-hmm. with with marysville and some of the other uh teams and have been very competitive uh and yeah they they've never
3: embarrassed themselves when i've seen them right and they came close to beating marysville at least the last the, time the, the one them, the
1: one year yeah it was like a two to one game it was yeah. a really good game
3: well and then i think you did the was it stony creek They played. T- play yeah the, that, they, they should
1: have won that yeah. game caleb didn't
3: play if they, right.
1: if he plays they probably win that game right he's probably worth the goal that gets him over the top
3: right right yeah so you know to get so close the past couple seasons it was really nice to see him finally get over the hump and they tied um,
1: marysville the one time at right. horn and marysville had a good team
3: yeah well and kind of the the interesting thing too was uh I'm pretty sure they lost to Tawas before they beat him right. in the playoffs. Yeah. So like, you know, that's it's it's good to see.
2: All right. Um before we move forward and look at what's to come and talk about football and potential future con- well, future conferences, what, is there anything we need, else we need to say about Aldamat?
3: I was I was just gonna yeah because <laughs> since since we were going back to the winner, I I was just gonna ask you guys about that because how how much fun was that right, and then then I he mean, makes
2: a run to a quarterfinal right and just adds more on top of it and I mean we had the same feeling although he never explicitly said anything he didn't seem like a guy who was burnt out he didn't no. seem like a guy who was. Just going, oh, I got to do this. Like he mm-hmm. was excited when he's going. Yeah, I got fourth and fifth graders coming right. in. Yeah, gonna yeah. gonna get the youth program going. And we've all talked to coaches, and you can tell like who they might have one foot out the door. You can tell they're looking to go somewhere else. They need to mm-hmm. change the scenery. Al looks like he's ready to keep going at least for a little while longer.
3: Yeah. So we have our uh, Thumb Sports Writers All Star Basketball Game, and uh, that was actually last Friday. And uh, when we were putting together the rosters and the coaching staff, um, it, we don't ask Al every year, um, but we always ask him. He's usually in the running for coach of the year, or he is the coach well, of the year. or Yeah. And uh,
2: he broke our rules for our coach of the
3: year. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. And yeah, we so, slid him in even though he didn't qualify. So he usually, he usually, you know, doesn't want to do it. He wants to give other coaches the opportunity right. to coach in the All-Star game. Um this year though he said yes and we were getting a little bit worried because we <laughs> right, were like why did why would you say yes like are you leaving like right. what you know uh you know he did have his three seniors on the team um but you know we were kind of you know the thumb sports writers were like oh i don't know You're like, like don't uh, give him the mic after right, the game don't right, don't give right, him the mic right so uh he coached the East All-Stars on Friday And, uh, I was talking to him after the game and, uh, there was, um, also on Friday, there was, uh, there was a girls basketball team camp at Kingston. Mm -hmm. He coached four or five games at Kingston that day Mm -hmm. and then came and coached the East All-Stars to the win. And, uh, he was, he was loving it. So, I mean, he, he, he's coming back. It seems like, um, he's, uh, you know, fully invested in the program and, uh, it, it's. It was a typical Al response when I asked him, you know, how things went at Kingston. He's like, "We're get we're getting better," and <laughs> you know, that's I. I believe him. I. I, I don't know uh, how good they are right now. How good they're going to be, but they're going to get better. They're going to win more than they every lose. Week, yeah, yep. And uh, that's what we saw. That's what we saw last season. You know, you knew uh, Morgan Tagge, Allie, Allie Jansen and Brooke Jansen were going to be good. You knew that from the beginning of the season, but it was okay. What about these other girls? And, um, you know, you saw it at the end of the season, Helena Long started, yep. you know, scoring grace keyboard was awesome in the postseason. uh, Adelaide Kaufman. Um, so they're, they're, they'll be all right. You know, I don't know if they're going to make a, another run to the quarterfinals. Um, But, yeah, that that night when they beat Cass City in Sandusky for the first regional since 99, uh, just an incredible night, incredible game. Um, That was uh, a Cass City team that they had lost to during the regular season. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, just a fantastic, uh, fantastic uh, season for Al. And uh, that was also part of the reason we were kind of worried um, because uh, you can't go out any better than that. You know, you win – the. You win a regional title, your first regional title since 99, on your home court, on Aldermott court. You know, there, yeah. there's not it, – it just seemed like such the, a perfect right, way to write off. The he sets in. the record. And, right, you, you know, but that just goes to show that he really doesn't care. Like, he – you know, most coaches will say, oh, I don't care about that stuff. He really doesn't he doesn't care about that record he just loves basketball and he loves you know working with these girls and he loves this program and um, you know he's doing it for all the right reasons well,
1: I, I just I, I feel like because uh, we we went out and, and watched the quarterfinal game and I'm set up in the corner of the gym, and he seemed more excited that I was there, yeah following the kids <laughs> yep. Than the fact that they were there about to play a quarterfinal game. Yeah. Like, it was a bigger deal that they were like, oh, you came out for us. Right. Like <laughs> kind of a, a, a thing. And then I just um, – I'll never forget at USA when he sets the record and the home coach takes the mic and thanks him for coming into the gym, <laughs> right. basically. And Thanks for coming in and kicking our butts tonight <laughs> right. to set the record.
3: <laughs> right.
2: All right. So, I – I know we need to take a break, but there's one more thing I need to bring up because we're talking about the winner and okay. everything in the thumb. But the run Crosslex has been on the past four years. I think we were talking about it a few months ago. We couldn't find a four-year stretch where a team has won more games than Crosslex. Between the, but basically, the years Trey Kolakovich has been there, mm-hmm. no one has ever won more varsity basketball games in the Blue Water area. And the closest we could get was, what, within, like, 15? Yeah. Wow. And that was at Peck, right, with the um, Abregos? yeah, yeah, yeah. And even then, they were close, but they weren't really close. Right, right. Because it was, what, they had won, like, 84 games in the past uh, four seasons. Like, they averaged more than 20 wins a year.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's with the COVID year thrown in?
2: Yeah, so you, you had them cut off in during the playoffs in 1920 when they might and,
3: have made their longest run right they, they would
2: have again ran into goodrich right and if they who knows what happens in that game and then they didn't get to play a full season in 2021 they i think they ended up playing what like 21 games but that was after like a six game playoff run mm-hmm. so that's without yeah add in 10 more games maybe mm-hmm. about there and they could have won 90 over 4 years and it just is worth saying how impressive it was now they might take a step back but people who are already planning their their funeral are going to be disappointed
3: right right and uh you know crosslex has always played with that that chip on their shoulder of oh people think we're not going to be good cuz Hunter Soper isn't here anymore yeah. or uh, and now they're they're going to lean into that heavy, I think, you know, now that, um, you know, they're, they're still going to be a very good team. And, um, you know, I, I don't want to close the book on this run necessarily, but since we're, you know, talking about this run, um, one of my favorite things was, you know, when Croslex would get – you know oh we got this big BWAC game coming up we got Armada coming in we got we got Richmond or yep it's 20 to nothing and then it's like well that was <laughs> again <laughs> yeah. poor Armada probably
2: had one of their best teams in school oh, history yeah. and no one like no one was beating Crosslex in that district yeah. and that Armada team was so good mm-hmm. and Crosslex just body slammed
3: yep that that was one of my favorite things about the, the Croslex team was just their ability to be able to jump on teams And like then they that. even
2: they had one more in them when they did it to Notre Dame Prep. Right. And they right. shut them out in the first quarter. Right. And you're going, they still got that vintage Croslex yeah, in them. Yeah. Well, and the thing is and then like... And they almost blew it. Yeah. And
3: then they almost blew it, yes. <laughs> but it's like, and other teams knew that Crosslex was capable of doing that. Right. They just couldn't stop them from doing that. And uh, you know it's it it was built built around their defense. Um, You know they uh, that's something that they take pride in. Mm -hmm. And uh, you you mentioned Trey. just the transformation he made over four his four years at Croslex, uh, when he was you know a freshman sophomore, just out there playing defense, uh, mm-hmm. to the player that he was uh, this year. Um, he actually won MVP of uh, our All Star game on Friday. Shock, right? And <laughs> uh, <laughs> he had thirteen points in the first half, and uh, I, I I don't want to uh, call out the the West point guard, but um, so I won't mention names or schools, but, um, there was a point in the second half where, you know, this kid's bringing the ball down the court against Trey and it's like, this just isn't even fair. Like, he's <laughs> just like, <laughs> just taking it away from him right. and it's like, this is an all-star game. And, you know, Trey is at a, uh, a, a higher level than even the best players in the thumb. Right. Um, so it was, you know, he got to play with Donnie, uh, Donovan McDonald, and mm-hmm. Zach Kretch. Uh, Kretsch had 15. He won the three point contest. And, uh, you know, I think Crosslex, that's another thing they take pride in. Um, maybe they haven't gotten the respect they deserve in the thumb and you know in the polls and in this and that and they really you know they they cherish the opportunity to go out and prove that they are well, the best well it's voter fatigue at this point it is a little <laughs> well bit, i yeah.
1: mean uh, to uh, to me the the ultimate show of respect is that they get everybody's best yeah like everybody yep. knows that if we don't play our best against Croslex, we're going to get embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And a lot of teams play their best and still get embarrassed. Right.
2: All right. I think that's it for the winner. Is there anything else we need to bring up that we haven't talked to him about in the past six months or so?
1: No, because I know you're going to explode, so let's talk some football <laughs> we, when we will. come back,
2: Okay. <laughs>
3: U.S. and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools.
2: Finding that missing shin guard. Remembering whether it's a home or away
5: game. Getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be
1: one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things,
5: like not being
1: that fan. Oh, come on, ref! That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at
6: SheridanAgency.com. DB Smokehouse has the best barbecue in the blue. Brisket, pork, and sausage, you're guaranteed to not be disappointed. Located in the parking lot of Pete's Camping Service on LaPierre, it's DB Smokehouse. Open Thursday through Saturday from 11 until the barbecue's gone. And DB's does catering. Whether you're feeding 10 or 200, call DB Smokehouse. Get what you need at 810-689-0448. And like them on Facebook to see if they're open on Sunday. It's DB Smokehouse.
0: If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports.
1: All right. Uh, I think it sounds like a a big supermarket chain, but... uh... (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, I was going to ask if you wanted to talk about that, or at least for a moment since we are on Crosslex, there was a couple football coaching changes. Yes, up in the there thumb, was, and, and it'll the, be interesting. The headliner was Crosslex, so let's talk about that for as briefly as brief is for us, and then go on to, to the new Big Thumb Conference. There have been a few coaching changes. Let's start with the Crosslex one. That's the headliner.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we were, we were talking off air. Um, these uh, I'll be meeting with these coaches over the summer and uh, uh, Coach Holes at Croslex. Lex. Uh, there's a new coach at Pack, new coach at CPS. And uh, I haven't had the opportunity to meet these coaches yet. Um, but at least at Cross Lex, um, you got a lot. You got a lot left there. I, right. I mean, the, the grow didn't leave the covered bear. No. No. And, uh, you know, I, I almost wonder if he was, you know, even slightly tempted to stick around just to see uh, right. this this group through um, because there's a lot of talent there. And uh, I'm interested to see how he's going to utilize that talent um, because it, if I was a coach, I would be very tempted to just – Hey, we're gonna give Belly the ball fifty times, and which well, is why I wouldn't be a good coach. But no, I mean. <laughs> but I
1: can see where it would be really easy
2: to kind of get sucked into that. Yeah, because he is that good. He was the he was the vacuum that made up for a lot of mistakes. And mm-hmm. when he wasn't playing, that's when Crosley struggled a bit. But for, whether you were happy, Legros gone, upset he's gone. What you can't deny is, and this has nothing to do with Coach Holes, this would be with anyone that stepped in after Mike Legro. it's going to be interesting to see how it changes because he was such a big personality Mm -hmm. and he had such a, I guess, trademark style where Mm -hmm. you don't see it in the BWAC where they hurry up and run and we're going to spread you out and we're going to do all these things that anyone who replaces him, everyone's going to be looking and just going,
3: I wonder how this is going to go. Right. And I don't want to say necessarily that he's changed the expectations at Croslex because Croslex has been a good football program. But uh, But
2: let's also be honest. He got there in 2020. They hadn't won seven games in a season since 2012. Right. So... That's kind of he changing raised, expectations. Right. Because think about it this way. The kids that were on the seniors on that twenty twenty team were ten years old the last time yeah. that happened at cross Lex. So for them, that's a lifetime. Like they had not won a playoff game since they made it to the regional final against Swan Valley and and Guitar was the quarterback. Right. Like I, I was a freshman in high, or a sophomore in high school when that happened.
3: Yeah, and that's going to be, you know, that's going to be the tough thing for uh, Coach Holes coming in because uh, right off the bat, you know, the expectations are going to be if we're not competing for a BWAC title, we better at least be competing for a playoff spot um, because that's what the expectations are now. And uh, I definitely think he can achieve that. Yeah. Um, I think uh, he's got the talent to do it. Um, again, I don't know much about his coaching style, um, but uh, I think I think there's six wins on that schedule. Well, and- it's not an easy schedule
2: when you still have Swan Valley and Freeland right. in your non-conference. It's you don't get to ease into anything, yeah. and and but we're not going to go into the BWAC, but there's a lot of question marks around the BWAC as well.
3: Yeah. So
1: well, uh, the BWAC it's going to be like every other year though. The BWAC is going to take us. Probably to like week eight to figure out, right? Right, Right. but at least last year, we had who the good teams are. Well, last year,
2: we had an idea like who was good, we knew who was going to be in that top three or four, we just didn't know how it's going to shake out. I don't know the top three or four teams are going to be this year in the BWAC. Every team, you can kind of put a yeah, but on the end of it. Yeah, I know
1: every year that I go in thinking something's going to be different nothing changes yeah uh, you know the big the big change might be is, is my guess is Croslex will at least like on offense line up and look more like a BWAC team mm-hmm. like the BWAC has a style to it that everybody plays and everybody tries to outmash mm-hmm. everybody Croslex has the formula that they can mash mm-hmm. i mean i i don't know that that's that's my guess is that you're going to see formations that look like the other BWAC teams, and they've got belly grappy, grappy, so on a lot of nights they might be better than the teams they're lining up against. Right, right. And they're big. Like, just because Mike left, they're not going to get any smaller. Right.
3: So I so got Joey Ramsey.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and he's a beast.
2: <laughs> right. So, all right. You said Peck also had a coaching change after yep. a very successful season. Yep. Any idea what that's going to look like in eight man land?
3: Um you know, they're still in the smaller division right. for the NCTL. Um, so they should still be the favorite. Um, you know, obviously Caleb Lettner was uh he was the guy uh last year. They only had three seniors though. Now the three seniors were incredibly important to their success. Right.
2: Asterix, they only it's like we said with northern basketball, they yeah. only lost Tyler
3: Jamison. Right.
2: right. But they lost Tyler James,
3: Right. And, you know, it kind of got overshadowed a little bit because Caleb Lettner was breaking so many of the offensive records. But Steven Van Conen on the defensive side, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he broke Kyle Abrigo's tackle for loss record, sack record. Um, so those would be tough to replace. But um, one, of the, the key, um, one of the keys to Peck's success the past couple years has been their offensive line, which they return everybody again. You know, last year, their offensive line, they were all returning starters. This year, same thing, all returning starters. Um, so I don't know who's going to be in the backfield for them, but you're going to have a solid offensive line in front of you. Uh, you're going to have a favorable schedule. Um, and uh, while I haven't met the new pet coach, it seems like he's very invested in the program. Uh, he's got kids out in the weight room. They've been having good numbers at their summer workouts. Um so I expect the Peck success to continue. Um, uh, Rob McDaniel, he had a great run at Peck. Uh, he was my football coach when I was a senior. I was actually on his first team. Uh, he won a state title at Peck. He went to the state semifinals. Um, I want to say he made the playoffs every single year. Uh, no, they. I think they missed the playoffs one year. And obviously my senior year we didn't make the playoffs, but... That's a given, but that was your last 11. Yeah, that, yeah, was, that was the
2: last, for context, that was yes. the last 11-man year. Yes, And you were playing like Armada right. and right. teams that you, you probably shouldn't have been playing. But right. yeah, the only year they didn't make it was 2016. They went five and four. Okay. So
3: still had a winning record. Right. So he is actually, he took over as a head football coach at Carroll um he works um in bay city um he actually worked in bay city last fall and uh you know he was making that commute every single mm-hmm. day so um he'll be working up in Carroll now and uh i think he's gonna be what that program needs because Caro, they've had you know kind of a revolving door of coaches. They haven't had uh, the participation numbers that they need, and uh, I think he's going to be even if he's not the long term guy there. Um, he's at least going to be able to stabilize uh, the program and get them going in the right direction. Because Caro, you know, they're one of the bigger schools in the thumb, and they should be seeing some type of success. With the football program, and they just really haven't the past, you know, I guess decade or so. So uh, I'm interested to see how he uh, does at uh, at Carroll. It, it's tough, though. The Greater Thumb West is that's a tough division.
2: Well, it will. It is a tough division, but we're going to be talking about it in the past tense. Right. Right. Yeah. It yeah. so, um, was just, a tough division. Just
1: re- real quick, what's going on at CPS? Because he was very young there, yes. and I, and I really. I know results they haven't really gotten, but I really thought they were doing good things.
3: He was, yeah. He actually took a position at Marlette uh, where he's, he's uh, he'll be teaching. Well, he is teaching there now, and um, he will be involved with the coaching staff at Marlette. And, um, yeah, it was just – it was, uh, you know, one of those situations where – uh, for, you know, your personal life and your professional life. It's, it was just the right time for him. Um, but he really did uh, do a lot of great things with that program, uh, especially considering where they were. And you also have to look back to the coach right before he took over and Gerald Pathak, um, because he led the team when, uh, you know, there was that season where they didn't play varsity. Yeah. They just played a JV schedule and you know at that point it's like man do we even you know what are we even doing like do we really want to stick out this program and everything and uh you know he guided him through that jv season he brought him back for their varsity season and uh you know that was that was huge for the program and then uh when eric Hartzell took over um he had uh He brought in some interesting concepts. He brought in some very uh, unique offensive styles um, that we're now seeing other schools kind of uh, mimic. Um, He was, uh, coach Eric Hartzell, he he went to Kingston and uh, he coached with uh, Brandon Jones there. Um, And uh, so he picked up some things from him. And, uh, you know, it's, I'm I'm not sure what the future holds for the program. Uh, I'm not even exactly sure if they've, hired a coach i don't know uh if they what's going on with the program um but it is in a good spot right now participation was up um and uh again they're they're they'll be in the nctl stripes at least for this year um before the big thumb comes along um so i really hope they find the right person to keep that program trending in the right direction because uh You know, even if the win-loss totals weren't exactly where you, uh, like, if you just look at the win-loss total, it, it doesn't really tell the whole story because it doesn't tell where this program was and what, how much work went into, you know, getting it to this point. So,
2: All right. So the big thumb, that was the breaking news this past winter that the, basically the NCTL, the GTC East and West are going to combine and have one, I guess for lack of a better comparison, mac like conference up in the thumb. Mm-hmm. And it's, well, now 26 schools. Mm-hmm. It was 25 when it was announced. Here's how it'll break down with not football because football is going to be different than everything else. It's going to be four divisions. The red is, I mean, for lack of a better term, it's going to be the – if they have a program right. division. Right. Akron, Fairgrove, Bay City All Saints, CPS, Caseville, Owendale, Gagetown. All those five schools may or may not have like a basketball team on any given year, a baseball, whatever. That is the smallest. Then you go to the blue. Deckerville, Dryden, Kingston, Mayville, North Huron, Peck. Those are all pretty healthy, smaller schools mm-hmm. that – Talent might fluctuate, but you never hear about them not having a team for a given year. Right. Then you start to get into the bigger divisions. The black is Brown City, KPAC, Harbor Beach, Marlette, Memphis, Sandusky, Ubley. That's mostly the GTC East. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's actually what? Exactly the GTC East in the black Brown City, K-PAC, Harbor Beach, Marlette, Memphis, Sandusky, Ubley. Yeah, that seems yeah, like that, that's the East. That's just the East, east called yeah. the now the Big Thumb Black Conference. Yeah. But the thing with this is there's flexibility. If a school gets bigger or smaller, yeah. they can move up and down. So they're not hardwired to this setup. And then the White, Bad Axe, Caro, Cassidy, Laker, Reese, USA, Vassar. That's ba- the West. The GTC West. Yeah. So there's not a huge difference in – Uh, non-football sports, but again, if, let's say, just as an example, K-PAC gets bigger again. Mm -hmm. They can move to the white, or they can switch it out, or if Memphis keeps dropping kids and you need to move someone up or down, that's where they have this flexibility, I guess, all under one umbrella so you're not switching for every sport. Now, football is a little Oh, and by the way, Millington – has joined since this was yes. all announced. So yeah. Millington is involved with all of this. Uh, the football divisions. And this is enrollment based. Mm-hmm. This is a what, basically one hundred percent enrollment based. Yes. Like they just cut it by enrollment. Yeah. So the there's they're split up to eight man and eleven man. There's more eight man and there's some football only members of the big thumb. Mm-hmm. So the Which big were
1: basically N C T L teams right. that they- which just is, couldn't get rid yeah. of yeah
3: and the nctl had a lot of that going on towards the you know the past couple of years where they had football only members or they would have you know schools that would say they were going to be full members right and then they weren't so but
2: it at least tightens it up a little yes. bit where you're
3: not getting the the
2: sacred hearts you and, kind of trim
3: trim the fat a little so bit so
2: the red eight man is akron fairgrove ashley which is out there yes bay city all saints cps caseville north here on merit peck that's pretty close to the the stripes, stripes yeah I mean, that's pretty similar yeah basically the stripes um some of those may or may not now the blue burton atherton brown city so brown city is now in this for football which they probably would have had to wait another
3: year had they had this not happened i believe um because they would have to had think. to find someone I, I don't know i think they're Technically, an NCTL member this year Are they? for football for football only. Okay, I think they're playing an NCTL schedule All right, this so year.
2: Atherton, Brown City, Kpac, Deckerville, Dryden, who yeah. has revived their program, right. Kingston, Mayville, and Oakland Christian. Mm-hmm. That's outside of Oakland Christian and Burton Atherton a bit. That's
3: not terribly far. That's a pretty localized league, right? And Atherton's been a part of the NCTL for quite some time now. And uh, Oakland Christian, they just joined last year, I think. Yeah. And they've they've been a, a you know a very competitive team. Um, Dryden's the one that kind of uh, – uh, I, I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent, but I didn't think that program was ever going to come back because – Well, it was it kind of out of nowhere. And it wasn't like they were sending a ton of kids to Emily City for the co-op.
2: Right. Well, Dryden and Emily City are close, but they're not right next door. Right. And – Getting someone to play for a different school is tough. Usually, with the co-ops, you never see more than a handful of kids go. Right. So obviously, there was enough support to start it back up. And for eight man, you can get fourteen kids to come out. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a team, right? Um, but Dry- and,
1: and there was a time, maybe a little longer ago, that, that you guys don't remember, and I'm older. But there was a time when Dryden football was actually pretty popular and pretty solid. Yeah, yeah.
2: So that's the eight-man, the 11-man. Again, enrollment-based. Harbor Beach, Marlette, Memphis, Reese, Ubley, USA. So that changes it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's the black. The white is Bad Axe, Caro, Cassidy, Lakers, Sandusky, and Vassar. So you still have a division that has Harbor Beach and Ubley in it, but Sandusky kind of gets away from that, which helps them out a bit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Bad Axe, Cass City, and Lakers is not exactly a cakewalk. Right, right. It's a different uniform at least. Right, right. And,
3: you know, as long as they still get that crossover with Marlette, uh, because that's that's the big rival, Um, you know, it's kind of unfortunate that they're not in the same division. But as long as you get that crossover scheduled, um, yeah, you know, it, it works out pretty well. Um, and you're still going to get Sandusky, Cass City, too. That's always a that's big always, game. Yeah, yeah, yep. And
2: this this starts in 24, 25, by the way. Right. Yeah. So this next yeah. year is the last year of the GTC, NCTL, all that. And I like that they're doing that. They're giving them a little room, wiggle room. And I'm going to assume Millington is added into the white. I would because they're if yeah. it's by enrollment, they're bigger than they're. Bigger than Sandusky or, or Cass City. Like, they would be about that size. And at least that's where I'd assume they'd
3: go. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if that would, you know, for um, like the basketball and stuff, would that bump everybody down one? Would that. Um... Well, because
2: right now, yeah, it's five, six, seven, seven in non football sports. Um, yeah, maybe a bump, uh, I don't even know looking at this, a Marlette would, I mean, because it kind of works out well. Maybe you just have one with eight, uh, but yeah, it's it's interesting, and the one thing I do kind of like is that you have football and then everything else, because football with its playoffs is its own beast, I understand that. Right. But I like that if you're in a division in, in basketball, you're in a division in baseball, you're in a division in track, you're a division in volleyball, and you're playing the same schools. I think the uh, the um, OK Conference out west does that in, like, Grand Rapids area, where if you're
3: changing, you have to have a pretty strong case to either go up or go down. Right, and, um, you know, this, this gives schools the flexibility with um – Potentially moving to eight eight player um, because you know, I know USA's been holding on. They don't want to go eight player, and uh, but they're they're pretty close. Um, Marlette is you know they'll be they'll be fine for a few years. Ugly um, Harbor Beach they're gonna hold on you know. Um, well, Marlette's enrollment this year is reported
2: at one eighty eight. Okay, that's pretty small they actually said usa's reporting it at 230 226 okay i actually thought usa was a lot smaller
3: i than thought that. they were too their participation numbers uh don't really reflect that at least for football um but it also uh offers teams the flexibility to move back from eight player to 11 player mm-hmm. um which uh they you know you look at a team like brown city where they got you know, they've got a big, you know, class coming in and, you know, they're going to be over that threshold, that 215. And, um, you know, they'll be fine for this year. I think, is it two? They give you like two years, I think. I'm
2: not sure, but there's like a probation Yeah, they give you like a little
3: bit of wiggle room so you can be over it for a year and then – Um, So, you know, that's an option that Brown City could potentially go back to 11 player. Um, And then um, with the NCTL and the GTC, a lot of their scheduling, they already they already pretty much work together on everything anyway. Right. So it's more of a thing of let's just put it all under one umbrella and let's just, you know, just actually do this thing. And, uh, you know, that also helps with, like, JV because um, some of the 11-player schools, they'll play 8-player JV football um, and junior 8-player junior high football. Right. Um, So that offers flexibility for scheduling as well. Um, So it's really – there won't be a lot of differences, like, especially in the other sports – Um, football is really the only sport where you're going to see the changes. Um, and, uh, but you know, I, I think it's just more of a convenient thing, uh, to have it all under one umbrella. Um, they are, they may have already done this already, or they're still in the process, but they posted a commissioner job Mm -hmm. and, um, there was also an assistant commissioner job posted. Um, so it's, uh. It's um. It was a situation before where you know, um, it, it was kind of on the athletic directors to do you know put stuff together, and um, so now it'll be under you know one roof, and the commissioners will kind of uh, handle everything. So the biggest <laughs> the
2: the biggest <laughs> difference, um, really for the teams we care about is CPS. Being in the, the the red, I guess, and not being in with Peck and and Deckerville, and being in that extremely small group with Caseville and Akron Fairgrove and All Saints.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to be uh, yeah, kind of a tough situation. Um, but I mean, I guess it'll. Kind of be a year-to-year thing and see how it goes.
2: But, All right. Anything else, Dennis? This was a long one, but uh, hopefully it's the summer. You can spread it out over a couple of days.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, no, this is good stuff. It's always good stuff when uh, when Mike comes up and uh, or comes down here to, to chat with us uh, and hope you can do it a little more frequently.
3: Yeah. Um, I was actually – you know, it's, it's been quite some time, but I actually um, I was pretty proud of the fact that for a while there, I, I'm sure somebody passed me now, but I was the uh, most frequent guest on the show. I think I've been on five or six I think times.
2: he still is. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Denny White would be the only one that would be close, and he's not going to be able to add his, yeah. his total. So. We'll, have
1: to, to, we'll have to do like a uh, thumb picks, too. One of these times, yeah. so Mike can come down and be oh, the yeah. guest. Oh,
2: yeah, you know we're going to do the football one <laughs> yeah. preview after he talks to all the coaches. Yeah, He can tell us about the 8-man and everything going on up there. So yeah, um, that'll probably be the next time we have you on – right before camp starts in, in early August, late
3: July. Okay. Well, I always appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to come down and talk about the thumb. Uh, you know, we try our best to uh, promote these kids and, uh, you know, give them the shine and the respect that they deserve. Um, it seems like sometimes the thumb is overlooked, uh, especially when it comes to postseason awards and yep. stuff hmm. like that, which that's a whole other topic we could have, uh, got going on today, but, um, yeah, I, I appreciate what you guys do, and I appreciate you having me down here to uh, talk about these kids. So. All right. Well, again, thank, thanks for coming. All right. From Port
0: Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.